Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right, we're live. Welcome to this week's episode of Movie in a Pod. I am Clyde Smith. I'm Javier Villalobos. On this week's episode, we are talking about a few movie trailers that just recently dropped, that amazing twist on WandaVision, and this week's movie discussion, Kong Skull Island. Javi, Mortal Kombat. Is this the Mortal Kombat movie that we needed? It's definitely the one I think we wanted. Oh my gosh, man. I think I was... I remember being in the movie theater with my mom. She went to go take me and my brother to go see the one that came out like in 94, 95. Right. Enjoyable for a 1995 movie, but definitely not as dark and gritty, I think, as what we're about to get now. No, definitely not. Uh, the fatalities you see in the trailer were awesome. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> the fatalities. During this trailer, two-minute trailer, there was... A lot of fatalities, and they were oh, yeah. bloody, and they were disgusting, and they were fun. My dog barks in the background. Excuse me, guys. That's that's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> awesome. What else dropped this week? What did you think about uh, Cruella with uh, Emma Stone? Emma Stone as a Cruella Deville before uh, One Hundred and One Dalmatians. What it seems like it's like a prequel, right? Right, kind of telling her story up to when she became evil. Disney is doing a lot of prequels. Didn't they do it with um, Angelina Jolie, um, Lifson a few years ago? And she had a oh, yeah. she had a sequel as well. So it's like a fun trailer, man. It's like Emma Stone kind of just went all in on this. Mm-hmm. And like she's having a fun time, man. I'm pretty excited to watch this movie. Oh, yeah, me too. What did you uh, think about uh, WandaVision, uh, that crazy twist in the last few minutes of it? I mean, I'm still obsessed with this show, right? <laughs> yeah, a lot of people are talking like, oh, where's the... Where's the Marvel cinematic action adventure and blowing things up and everything? This is a smaller piece type of mm-hmm. uh, show. I'm digging every single second of it, man, because it's uh just it's just different. It's fresh. Yeah, I feel like it's gonna be uh, bringing in a lot of other pieces, like you said, uh, into the MCU. Yeah, man. I just got to throw a quick plug out there. Uh, me and my buddy Rico. 
Uh, he invited me out to this cigar bar last night, and it's actually this new spot in South End Charlotte called The Vintage. It's over there in South End. Really, really dope spot. Highly recommend if you want a cool atmosphere, smoke a cigar, drink some whiskey, hang out with some people. Highly recommend, man. Yeah, man. Sounds awesome. Weren't you like in a police chase or something of that nature? <laughs> <laughs> so I was uh, behind a police chase. Oh. Guy was pulled over. He was like pulled over in a turning lane. There was a couple of squad cars behind him and they got out of their cars and he took off. So he takes off and he goes up the road a little bit further and kind of gets stuck at this light. There's some other cars coming, so he stops again, and they pull it. They get behind him, and they pull out guns drawn. What? It's like a few of us that are like on the road because they're going the exact direction that we're trying to get to to go home or whatever. They go guns drawn on him, and he takes off again, and he hits 85 coming from China Grove. This is real life Grand Theft Auto right here. So you know, like I said, there's still like a little convoy of cars like getting on 85, right? So everybody follows them, and they're. Just hauling and more cars are coming. Cars are coming off the exits and it ends up being about five or six cars following them. Wow. And they finally spike strip them on 85. They really got spikes out? I thought that was only in the movies. No, they pulled spikes out on them. <laughs> they got them they got on, on the spikes because they had, I guess, uh, like a few cars back, like keeping the traffic back. Mm-hmm. And then they were way ahead uh so they spike stripped them and then once the traffic caught up you could see they they surrounded them and basically brought them out the car at gunpoint and had them pinned up against the barrier in the median of the, the interstate man yeah it was crazy i mean they had the whole interstate was stopped for a little while it was crazy you just had an exciting ride home didn't you that was uh you know just like thursday afternoon right is that when i called you <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> crazy, crazy yeah. third uh thursday afternoon in china grove (laughs) just wild man just wild (laughs) all right so let's go ahead and jump into it man this week we are talking about kong skull island so this movie was released in march of 2017 a couple other movies we had released in 2017 was spider-man homecoming we had a f8 fate of the furious oh yeah Kingsman Golden Circle, Transformers The Last Night, and Valerian, The City of a Thousand Planets. Yeah, yeah. Valerian was actually a sleeper good movie, man. I thoroughly yeah. enjoyed that. Yeah, it was a good one. Kong Skull Island is directed by uh, Jordan Vaught Roberts. Got a nice little writer's room here of Dan Gilroy, Max Bornstein, Derek Connolly, and the screenplay was actually written by John Gattins. Uh, this movie had a budget of $185 million and was a huge box office success, raking in $566.7 million. Whew. Well, who's in a fan of series of movies with Godzilla, Kong, all that? It's fun, man. Yeah. I I have been in the theater for each and every one of them, man. This is definitely fun. So we had a uh, start in this movie, Tom Hiddleston as James Conrad, Samuel L. Jackson as Preston Packard. Colonel Preston Packard. Oh, Colonel okay. Preston Packard. <laughs> uh, John Goodman as Bill Randa and Brie Larson as Mason Weaver. And then the great John C. Riley as Hank Marlowe. It actually has a large ensemble cast yeah. in there with a lot of supporting actors. Um, we'll definitely be talking about them as we continue with our conversation here. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. Javi, what's this movie about? Give us give us that, that overlapping brief uh, description. So basically you have an island that has been discovered by some satellites. And of course, 
when we find something we don't know about, humans want to go check it out, right? We're the worst species on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> we don't leave shit alone. <laughs> so Monarch uh, is uh, trying to check this thing out because they think, you know, maybe there's some miracle discoveries on here that could help with medicine, cancers, things like that. And they go there to check this thing out, this island. And basically, they get their ass whooped by King Kong. I mean, is that a big monkey? And all the other things that they that are on that island as well. <laughs> yeah. This movie is part of Warner Brothers' shared monster universe with Godzilla 2014, Godzilla King of the Monsters 2019, and the upcoming Godzilla vs. Kong 2021 uh, due out next month. Right. Uh, basically, King Kong and Godzilla about to throw some hands. <laughs> oh yeah we just we see kong could throw some hands now definitely definitely we'll definitely kong talk about that <laughs> uh you can currently catch skull island and king of the monsters on hbo max before you see godzilla versus kong which we'll be also having a conversation about and dissecting sometime next month yes sir all right go ahead and bring us in javi so open the scenes of the movie uh we are in 1944 uh somewhere in the pacific southeast and we see a couple of planes crash oh we got an american pilot japanese pilot parachuted out of their planes they land on this beach where they don't really know where they're at and they start shooting at each other they take some shots at each other and take off running through the forest they finally catch up to each other and they start fighting. Marlo gets a sword pulled on them. They do some some battling there on the cliffside. And just as Marlo thinks he's about to be killed, Kong pops up at the cliffside, overviewing the fight. Yeah, man, he just trying to get his front row ticket to the fight, yeah. man. <laughs> he thought he had a uh, front row at Caesar's Palace, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a cool fight scene. Uh, they do some hand to hands. Uh, knives swords it's it's really cool once we see kong the fight kind of ends they both see him and just are in awe at this creature that they spotted or that spotted them actually and so then after that the title of the movie appears and during the opening scroll we get shots and videos of modern advances and everything that happened uh from this time of these two pilots crashing all the way up through the 50s 60s um, in early 70s, right? So we get all these yeah. different shots, all the presidents, all the modern advances that we've made um, in the world. Really cool. Really yeah. Cool. And this sets us up to understand the period of time that we're currently in and like where we're at in this movie. Uh, the next scene is 1973 DC. We see Randa and Brooks. Uh, Brooks is played by Corey Hawkins. He's a geologist from Yale. They walk to this government building and trying to get approved for this expedition. They see on screen President Nixon starting stating the Vietnam War is over. And Rand is like, we don't have time. We have to get this approved right now. They meet up with a senator, Senator Willis, I believe, and they yeah. state their case. Uh, they want to go to this uncharted island. They want to go ahead and see if they can find any kind of modern medicine, geological discoveries. The Senator Willis is like, no, <laughs> I'm tired of risking my neck out for you, Randa. Like yeah. this is not happening anymore. Randa and Brooks make their case and say, if we don't do this now, other countries like the Soviet Union um, and everybody else will find this and we'll be behind. Right. Which definitely pushes Senator Willis to be like, this is the last time, guys. I'm tired tired of this you better go ahead and do this don't ask for any other favors and as 
as Willis is walking away from them, thinking that he has the upper hand, Randa says, Senator, we're also going to need a military convoy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So basically he's pushing uh, because Monarch is about to be shut down. Yeah. Randa needs to find his big discovery, and he thinks it's on this island. So Randa starts talking about the uh, 1954 nuke testing that they said uh, was going on. And they were, you know, he said, was that really testing or was that them trying to kill something? And then Randa pulls out a picture of the uh, USS Lawson that is, looks like it's been basically pulled open with a giant can opener. <laughs> it's got claw marks all over and everything. And that's his basis for this thing came from that particular island. Yeah. So then we're at the uh, Vietnam base over the loudspeakers. They're announcing that, you know, we're leaving, boys. The war is over. We're going home. Uh, we see the crew, uh, a crew playing cards and drinking and talking. And then we see Sam, Sam Jackson uh, having a beer. And this is Colonel Preston Packard. Yeah, Samuel Jackson here plays a hard-ass Vietnam War colonel. Very decorated. Very decorated and... You get the sense that this man loves the war. He loves the conflict from from the start, from the get go. Yeah, uh, he's in his office. He's uh, beer, cigar, hanging out. And then we enter Captain Chapman, played by Toby Cabell. Um, they talk about what they have planned for after the war. Chapman is like, yeah, you know, I'm going to go ahead and work for this airline and do this. And the colonel doesn't really have an answer. Uh, the next scene is Packer getting a phone call and accepting another mission with his team. Uh, everybody's about to move out, but there's like this last mission that his team is called on to do. And normally people would be like, well, this sucks. I'm ready to go yeah. home. I haven't been in the States in a while. Yeah. Let me and my team go go home. Packer gets the order and says, thank you, sir, and hangs up the phone. His uh, helicopter squad is going to be escorting Landsat to this geological surveying mission. Yeah. So the next scene is in Saigon. Randa and Brooks are looking for a tracker. Randa explains they're looking for this guy because he has no allegiance to anybody. He's got very great credentials, and he's also save. He's got good stories about saving pilots and saving uh, crews on his record. Uh, Brooks asks Randa, you know, well, you know, we got to find this guy in this, you know, basically a back alley bar watering hole, and <laughs> and Randa tells him, you know. My dad told me, don't judge a man by where he drinks, but how he holds it. There you go. <laughs> so they go into this place, real sketch place. <laughs> Looks like we got some some kind of gangs hanging out. There's very scantily clad women walking around. And we see Tom Hiddleston as James Comrade uh, hustling some pool. Yeah, he's over there playing a game of pool, about to get a dub. And you <laughs> see the, and you see this guy behind him pulls a knife. and. A flash. If you blink, you'll miss it. He whoops both their ass. Yeah. <laughs> Real quick, right? So you already know uh, what Conrad is about. Uh, the next scene is Randall Brooks and Conrad. They sit down and discuss the terms of him as a tracker. Con Conrad basically asks out, and there's a lot of exposition here about what they're going to do, but Conrad asks, who and what is he tracking? Like, what do you need a tracker for right. on a geologist uh, expedition? <laughs> Randa doesn't know. Brooks doesn't know. Um, but they need someone with his experience in case something goes sideways. Yeah, Kamara explains to them the many ways they'll die while they're on the <laughs> island. Temperatures, mud, 
nasty water, bacteria, not to mention the things on the island itself that want to eat them. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so he's asking for like five times the amount of money that they were there to uh, propose to him. And he also says, uh, and plus a bonus if we make it back. Brooks and Randa agreed to his payment and they cheered to profits during peace times. There you go. Mm -hmm. The next scene opens up with uh, Brie Larson, who plays Mason Weaver in a Red Room developing film. She gets a call that she lands the site gig. Um, you know, she gets this mapping mission is basically what she's getting. That's what she's definitely after. Uh, she's on the phone with somebody. And they're like, why do you even want this gig? She fully explains that it's just a, something different, and she's pretty excited about it as well. Yeah, she also hints that she feels like something's up. It's not It's not just a, a geo-mapping mission. So we flash to uh, Bangkok. We see Conrad uh, making his way to the port. Uh, we see the soldiers arriving. They start talking about how they only had like one day left. Before they, <laughs> <laughs> you know, why were they going on this mission? They got one day left before they go home. Uh, Weaver shows up to the port as well, and they're all about to board this ship to head out to sea. Yeah, Weaver and Packard, they have a quick conversation where you get this, where you get another sense that Packard is upset America is pulling out of the Vietnam War, a very unpopular war, but by, by I add, and Weaver was one of the photojournalists who were taking pictures sending them back to the United States, showing that this is a very unpopular, not good war. Packer says uh, cameras are more dangerous than guns. And he blames uh, like the photographers and journalists for them losing the war. All that bloodshed was from a, from a damn Kodak camera. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Weaver says, you know, we're getting blamed for losing the war. And he says, no, we abandon it. Yeah. So the boat leaves port. Uh, we see everybody uh, in this briefing room on, on the boat, and we meet San Lin, who is a biologist, and we meet Neves, who is the, I guess, head expedition guy on this uh, this journey. So they explain that perpetual storms around this island keeps this thing hidden, and they just happen to catch it over the satellites, and now they know where they need to go to find this thing. Yeah, they get debriefed about the island and that they'll be using explosive charges underneath the core to uh, get images of what is going on here. Uh, that they'll be they'll have no communication with the main boat mm -hmm. until you know while they reach while they're on the island because of this huge storm that swells over the entire island here. Um, and they also have three days from the time that they take off from the boat to reach the refuel site. So, you know, they have all these parameters that they're kind of debriefing them and putting them in place about. So the next scene, we see Conrad uh, being nosy, looking at some crates on the ship. And then Weaver comes around the corner and Conrad's like, what are you doing here? <laughs> she says, uh, I can ask you the same thing. So she was down there taking pictures of the cargo and what they had going on. Yeah, we find out uh, they discussed the mission that something isn't just right. So there's this weird feeling, you know, in their stomach that... They're on this boat, they're on to do something, but it's not what they seem. It's right. not what it seems there. Uh, we find that Conrad is British Special Forces, so that's why he's a badass. Oh, yeah. Um, and, <laughs> and Weaver is a war photojournalist, so you know a little bit about their background as well. The boat sails toward the island, and the team is relaxing and enjoying the sail. You know, they're playing, cutting up. Weaver is always 
taking shots, uh, photo shots of what's going on in the background. Um, and we see Chapman, uh, Captain Chapman, he's writes a letter to his boy. And one of the other soldiers gives him a kind of a hard time about that. <laughs> right. Dear Billy, right? Yep. Dear Billy. <laughs> Uh, so they show uh, kind of a drone scene going up or uh, Conrad's hanging out up on a perch uh, next to the deck. And it shows us the first glimpse of the storm surrounding the island. They're on the uh, command deck and they're discussing, you know, their parameters of, of this mission. And Neves is trying to abort uh, at this time. He doesn't want to risk anything to get through this storm. Yeah. Uh, Randa starts explaining that they got to get through this low pressure pocket in the storm that is very rare. This is the only way for them to get the helicopters through. You know, Neves is still saying, no way. No way I'm getting on the helicopter. To go <laughs> and the very next scene, he's getting on the helicopter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the next scene, everybody starts loading up, and this is a dope scene. Uh, we see the field yeah. supervisor, Neves, in the chopper. All the choppers are in unison, combat formation, as Packard says, yeah. and they take off toward the island, right? This is one of the better visuals and just seeing all these choppers Definitely. take off from this huge cruise liner. Uh, really fun to watch. It kind of puts you back. Not that I say back like I've been to Vietnam, but um, like I was in the Vietnam War, right? But kind of put you in that mindscape of uh, all these Vietnam War type movies where these, you know, all these choppers are in unison. Really, really cool. Yeah, yeah one of the fun things with this one, if you noticed, uh, Sam Jackson when he's talking about them uh, getting ready to take off, he says, "All right, as usual, hold on to your butts," <laughs> which is uh, something he says in Jurassic Park as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love the callbacks, man. That was fun. So they uh, enter the storm in their helicopter formation, and their instruments go crazy. There's no instrumental way that these guys can fly these helicopters. So they're basically flying on instinct and training. Uh, There's lightning, winds. And something I noticed, too, on these helicopters, they're flying through the storm. There's no doors on these helicopters. Wow. So, like. These guys are just holding on for dear life. <laughs> you know, seat belt in, you know, safety wasn't a big thing at that time. So, you know, was it like a five point harness in there or nothing? Yeah. So they're going through the storm and you can tell on everybody's faces, uh, really close up shots of people's faces. And they're in despair and they're scared. Yeah. And Packard comes over the intercom on the speaker and gives a speech to keep the team calm. It talks about the story of Icarus and how he flew so close to the sun, started getting closer to the sun, and his wings started melting. Uh, but he talks about, well, you know what? The U.S. military didn't give us wings. They gave us cold, hard Pennsylvania Railroad steel. <laughs> <laughs> Right. And as he says, as he says that, you know, you can see everybody's still freaking out. So they didn't calm anybody down. But they actually finally get through the eye of that storm in that low barometric yeah. pressure pocket, um, and they make it out on the other side. And I will say, like, as far as shots of this movie, this is my favorite, just visually speaking. This island is gorgeous, right? Yeah. Mind you, <laughs> we're not down on the ground, can't really see nothing. All we see is this <laughs> gorgeous island. So all the yeah. shit that all that shit that they're gonna see here in a little bit. We don't know about yet. It's just a really yeah. gorgeous scene. Yeah, big rock formations, calm waters, beautiful sun in the background. 
Yeah. So while they're flying through these uh, rock formations, Weaver's taking pictures. Uh, we see one of the soldiers pulls out a uh, record player, right? 1970s fashion. Let's go. And he drops that needle on some Black Sabbath pair. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So Packard starts uh, throwing out the commands. He tells them, you know, we just split up. Let's get to our uh, our work zones. Uh, we have a crew setting up some equipment on the ground. They're immediately like disrupting wildlife with this equipment landing the seismic charges they start dropping these seismic charges aren't like something small they're dropping bombs basically these things hit the ground it destroys other animals it destroys plants it messes up the ground and it's just a mess but you have uh brooks sand some other people on the ground who's getting these readings from these seismic charges and uh, you know, reporting back to Randa, who's still on a chopper, and Brooke says the bedrock of this island is practically hollow, which is like this major discovery for them, which is different. Mind you, I'm not a geologist, and I think we have I think we have multiple levels, right, to our uh, <laughs> bedrock, so it's not hollow yeah. here in North Carolina, at least. So this scene is cool, right? So there's a lot going on with the seismic charges and everything. And the military is kind of digging this last mission. They think it's going to be really quick, three-day mission, super easy. And then (laughs) all of a sudden, this this guy in a chopper, he's looking back. And then he looks forward at the front of the chopper. And there's this humongous tree that just (laughs) impales the chopper, destroying it. And an ape hand takes down another chopper, right? The visuals is Mm -hmm. from the chopper, the eyes of the chopper there. Uh, the camera is panned in the chopper, and we see Kong's face. And, <laughs> like, we kind of know who Kong is from the get-go because he puts this chopper up like it's the last bit of chips in a chip bag yeah. and eats the soldier. Food <laughs> right? shakes it out. <laughs> shakes out the last crumb, right? The last little, bit of, <laughs> last little bit of lays there. And then another dope visual after that is we get this dope silhouette over the sun of Kong and choppers going towards him. That's that's fun, man. That's fun. Then we see uh, Chapman. And he goes, "Is that a monkey?" <laughs> <laughs> and then they immediately open fire on Kong. Kong ain't playing no shit on this one. He starts destroying those helicopters. Yo, from the start, you already know what type <laughs> of King Kong this is, man. Yeah. He is giving them the hands, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, I don't. We don't want to spoil the scene for you, but like, wow, it's fun, it's destructive. A lot of things yeah. blow up. Uh, a lot of things happen really, really fast in this scene, um, and it's really fun. Ultimately, we're just going to leave it at this: all the choppers go down, and they don't. They don't land softly. We'll put it like no, that. Okay? Not at all. <laughs> After the destruction, uh, Kong just walks away. He's done. <laughs> Yeah, I'm done here, guys. <laughs> we see Packard uh, looking around at all the destruction, and he is pissed. Yeah. You know, he lost a lot of men, a lot of equipment, and he is not happy camper. Oh, yeah. You see the hate in his eyes for this mm-hmm. giant monkey now. <laughs> so, so moving forward. At this point, uh, there's almost two factions here yeah. where there's uh, you're going to hear us rely and say it as Packard's team 
and Conrad's team because those are the two teams that they're kind of split into on the island at this point in time. Basically, everybody else is dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we split. Uh, like I said, Packard's group has got uh, basically all the soldiers and Randa. He got split up with them. And Conrad's group, we have one soldier with him, which was uh, Solvik. Yeah. Which he's a big part of the, the team. Uh, Weaver, Brooks, uh, Neves, and Lynn. Yeah, we have Conrad. And he says um, the group proceeds to head north to the edge of the island to get to that refuel convoy in three days. Chapman is by himself, radios Packard, and Packard tells him to hold his position and that they are on the way. While uh, Chapman is waiting, two other soldiers meet up with Packard's team. They embrace, and Packard pulls a gun (laughs) on Randa, right? It's really kind of moving fast here. Packard pulls a gun on Randa and asks, what the hell is going on? Yeah. So Packer wants to know what is going on here. Why the hell is there a tall ass Chrysler building like <laughs> monkey? Uh, <laughs> or or he's gonna blow his head off. One of the two. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> take take your pick there, buddy. So Randis tells Packer, you know, monsters exist. Packer says no shit. <laughs> uh, Packard pushes on Randa that he, you know, he uses the charges to flush something out. And Randa starts to tell the story of the USS Lawton, which he was the sole survivor of, of a thousand uh, other sailors, uh, which he believes was sunk by some big creature. Yeah, don't don't know what, but some type of big creature. Yeah. He spent 30 years trying to prove that he what he saw was the truth. That he wasn't crazy. Yeah, Randy explains that uh, this planet doesn't belong to humans, and that it belongs to these ancient beings, and that Monarch searches for these ancient monsters, and, you know, once they find the one here on this island, uh, the U.S., they can call in the U.S. Army as the Calvary. Packer walks away and says, I am the Cavalry." <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson's one-liners are the best, man. Like, well, like, I, I, I say that, right? And there's a lot of actors who could say something like that and it'd just be corny. We're like, yep, this movie's yeah. dumb. But Samuel sticks it every yeah. time, man. Like, you believe it in his heart that he's like, I'm gonna take down this damn gorilla, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So here we're gonna be starting to flip back between Packard's group and Conrad's group. Yeah. A lot. For a little while. Uh, so we're at Conrad's group and Brooks is explaining that he wrote a paper on the Hollow Earth Theory which were tunnels going through the earth uh, that these ancient monsters could travel through. And then they're walking next to this little like uh, swamp land. They see their second giant beast from this island, which is like a, I don't know what you'd call it, a wildebeest or something like that. I called it a big ass water buffalo. (laughs) (laughs) That is a great description. That's fine. Literally in all of my notes, it says big ass water buffalo. Anytime it's mentioned or brought up. That's fine. So they freak out and uh comrade has to calm everybody down and it's friendly. It goes back and does whatever, you know, whatever it was doing and they walk off from there. It's like a lot of monsters here to like see these humans and they're like, all right, shrug their shoulders and walk away. <laughs> oh guys, that's fine. And uh Weaver takes a quick picture of it and the creature walks away there. Packer's team buries the dead and vows that the deaths will not go in vain. And once again, another Samuel L. Jackson line, like, mm-hmm. sticks it, and you believe him. 
Packers team is walking uh, through a huge bamboo forest, and there's a lot of exposition, and the guys are talking. You know, why could why are we on this mission? And yeah. we could be back home right now. And this bamboo forest is pretty huge. Like the bamboo uh, sticks are probably 30, 40 feet in the air, mm-hmm. maybe higher. And we see this one soldier, uh, what looks like a bamboo shoot. He just gets impaled right in his head. And it's disgusting. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's actually this huge, big ass spider looking thing. <laughs> That's basically how I, I say big ass on all the monsters in this movie. Um, <laughs> and it's actually a huge, big ass spider with legit. <laughs> that actually legit like impales him and with all these legs, it starts trying to stomp on him and kill everybody. Um, The team quickly springs into action, starts shooting it. And it actually picks up one of the guys. I think he picks up Cole with these weird tentacle type things. Here's here's that guy. Super weird, really weird creature. It has these tentacle things. So it's like wrapped Cole up and it's bringing Cole closer to his body and then the guys are like, take it out by its legs. So they start chomping uh, and chopping it down by the legs. And you get this visual as Cole gets closer to this big-ass spider. And it's got these crab claws. Those were like crab claws or something. Yeah, right? it's it's pretty messed up. Yeah. It's a weird-ass <laughs> visual creature. Yeah, and this thing uh, is like standing. Like the body of this thing is like 40 or 50 foot in the air. because it's, yeah. it's walking above the forest, the bamboo yeah. forest. Yeah, it's 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 wild. Um, <clears throat> so Cole's getting closer and closer. He starts trying to take his knife and cut these tentacles to free himself. Yeah, and Packard finally steps up and takes out his uh, gun, his machine gun or whatever the hell he uses. I don't know mm-hmm. anything about guns, and <laughs> just starts shooting it in its belly, and it falls to the ground. Cole falls, survives, yeah. and then. Packer just puts a couple of rounds in it and it dies. This monster was disgusting. And so, so the next scene after all that goes down, they're just uh, they're resting kind of outside the forest in the open area, and <laughs> Packer just looks at him and is like, "All right, guys, shake it off, move out." <laughs> <laughs> so we've seen covered in guts. And stuff. <laughs> so we've seen a big ass ape. <laughs> we saw a big ass spider. We almost got killed by both of them. Oh, yeah. And we're supposed to just shake it off. Good God. Like, Man. this guy's expecting a lot. So now we're looking over at Conrad's group. Uh, they're in the forest, and they stumble upon some ruins. They're looking at these ruins. There's markings on the ruins, different colors and stuff like that. And Weaver's looking around trying to take pictures. And all of a sudden, her viewfinder is a, a tribesman. Everybody panics they look around they're surrounded by this tribe of people they got their face painted they're holding spears and they're all backed up back to back and they're they're circled by these guys and then out comes uh marlo he just walks out uh this is john c riley he walks out all cool like you know no big deal guys you know with these they're just people <laughs> you know, there's, there's other people everybody needs to calm down uh, we find out that marlo's been on this island for 28 years and 11 months. Wow. Eight failed attempts to get back to the world during this time. I liked it because he also, like, somebody told him, one of these tribesmen told him that uh, these people were here on the yeah. island. And he even prepared, right? He has his flight suit <laughs> yeah. on, right? Put on that snug-ass flight suit from 28 year- years yeah. ago. <laughs> 
Um, so there's a lot of exposition going on between Conrad's team and Marlo. And you can just tell that Marlo being on this island for so long, he's a little off. He's a little weird. Yeah. Time, right. Uh, a lot of uh, different type of deprivations. We'll just put it like that. Uh, <laughs> but Marlo does say there's a lot out there and don't be outside at night. Yeah. So he invites them in. So here we get our uh, glimpse at Chapman. You know, he's out on his own right now and he's uh, looking at some of the rock formations and you can see kind of a tail or something kind of poke out the top of the water. Something big's in that water and he's in there. He's trying to wash some blood off of his face and everything from the crash. While he's standing there, we see Kong just (laughs) casually strolling behind some (laughs) some big ass rocks. Just this is this particular spot where he wants to go. He's a. looks like he's nursing some wounds from the fights yeah uh, he's trying to do the same thing as as chapman here like wash off some blood and get some water and he stops and it looks like he's looking at chapman chapman runs and hides behind a rock but kong then reaches into the water and he grabs a tentacle right so he pulls out this tentacle and he starts fighting it's like a giant squid so they're fighting gas octopus <laughs> <laughs> So he's fighting, uh, you know, back and forth with this thing. He eventually kills it, and then he's just kind of slurping on the tentacles, uh, getting them a snack. (laughs) (laughs) So Chapman uh, still hiding behind the rock, so he's safe uh, at this particular exchange. Yeah, so Kong walks away dragging this octopus corpse. Looks like he has has him a lunch and a dinner for for, uh, (laughs) later on in the day there. Yep. Oh, yeah. All right, guys. We'll be right back after this quick break. While we're on this break, we wanted to take a moment and thank our listeners. Thank you all for subscribing and listening to Movie in a Pod. And we want to engage with you a lot more on all of our cinematic adventures. So Movie in a Pod now has a Facebook page. Let's discuss recent trailers favorite movies, and what's coming down the pipeline for all of our viewing pleasure. Sicario. Men in Black. Casino Royale. Big. Leprechaun. Halloween. Zoolander. Crazy Stupid Love. And a guilty pleasure, Never Back Down. Don't forget, we are also on Twitter and Instagram, at Movie in a Pod. Let's chat about movies, guys. And we're back, guys. So we left off at Conrad's group meeting with Marlo and then Kong fighting a giant, uh, or excuse me, a big ass octopus, <laughs> right? My man. <laughs> so now we're back with uh, Conrad's group again. Uh, Marlo's introducing them to the Iwi tribe. Uh, basically, if you stay in this area where these people live, you're pretty safe. Weaver asked, you know, is that wall supposed to hold out that thing? Talking about Kong and Marlo uh, says, uh, no, he's fine. They're trying to keep out the other things. <laughs> More big ass monsters, man. Yeah. yeah. So we see uh, Marlo's interaction with the tribe here and he just communicates with them like with a head nod. They don't <laughs> talk or nothing. He says, you know, they rarely talk their past, like having personal property, crime, all that stuff. And they don't talk much. So after a while, you kind of get to know and learn how they communicate. Yeah. 
Marlowe explains that he's been there since 44 and there's this huge cruise liner ship that's kind of been washed up and that's where, where Marlowe lives and he takes a team into this ship and there's these paintings of all these great monsters and, you know, that there's been this huge monster war going on before the age of man. Yeah. Marlowe explains that they worship Kong. Uh, he's king to them on this island and God to these tribes people. Um, you know, Kong keeps himself and this is his home. He also explains that Kong at this point in time is a baby. Didn't know that baby could be that damn big, but okay. Yeah, big ass baby. Um, it's a big ass baby. I like it. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And there, you know, the reason why Kong basically got upset is that the military came onto somebody's home, you know, looking to start a fight is what it seemed like. Right. Uh, he also brings up these there's these other monsters that he calls um skull crawlers right (laughs) and i don't know if it was like weaver or conrad that asked why do you call it that and he kind of gets really defensive right (laughs) (laughs) i don't know now now that i've said it out loud i i don't know it's kind of dumb (laughs) yeah and then he's like, yeah, they're like oh. no, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Well, we can call him that. That's what you want to call him. <laughs> yeah. So he explains to them, uh, the skull crawlers and that the fact that the bombs that they set off woke a bunch of these guys up. Yeah. And basically, like we said, disrupted an ecosystem where Kong was basically keeping them at bay from the surface. Yeah. We also get um, a little more exposition that Marlowe's enemy now turned friend that other Asian pilot was killed by one of these skull crawlers. And as Marlo explained, as we see Kong killing some of these skull crawlers, he's explaining the whole backstory of these things and killed his best friend. Um, and then we see this couple, the shot of these two skull crawlers basically tr- trying Kong and Kong's not trying to have yeah. it today, man. He's, he's been in a fight with a whole damn military. He had to fight a damn big ass octopus. He's got cuts. <laughs> He's got cuts, and these two baby skull crawls come through, bro. He just mm-hmm. he basically curb stomps them real quick. Yeah, like, I ain't got them hands right. I ain't got. <laughs> Kong says, "I ain't got time for your shit today." Yeah, I ain't ready for it. <laughs> so we also find out that they wiped out Kong's parents, yeah, or his family. So Kong's the only one left of these uh, giant apes. Uh, and then Marlo explains that there is a king of these skull crawlers, a big one that while Kong is alive, he stays underground. He doesn't come up. Sounds like a bitch to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they start explaining that uh, they need to get to the North side. A uh, comrade says that to Marlowe and he laughs in his face. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then we flash over to uh uh, Packard's group they're in the swamp and uh, they're basically chest deep in some swamp water uh, Packard's got uh, his sights on this bird that's just kind of sitting in the distance and ugly bird he says ugly ass bird right <laughs> uh, looks kind of like a dinosaur like a pterodactyl but it's got like a saw nose on it right yeah so he puts his sights on, he shoots it. And when he does that, the tree next to it has apparently hundreds of these birds sitting on the branches and they take off. I, I think Packard poked the bear is what happened. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, and in the back, you can hear the other soldiers discussing if uh, Packard's trying to get them off the island or if he's actually hunting Kong. Yeah, it looks like he has a vendetta at this point in time. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, he made the statement. Yeah. <laughs> I, he didn't try to hide it too much from the soldiers anyway. True. Right. We flash back over there to uh, Marlo and Conrad's team. Um, Marlo shows him the boat. And it's a it's a fixer upper. I'll leave it at that. So the team gets together and starts uh, making, uh, you know, trying to fix up this boat so they can head up north to the refuel convoy. Weaver. I'm sorry. I'll say the great fox. He's been building the great fox for six years. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Then we see uh, Weaver hears a noise and she goes towards it. Like typical chick in a movie. And sorry if that sounds sexist or whatever, but like. She not only just like leaves everybody, she's unarmed. She actually leaves the, 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 the tribe safe zone and to go after this noise. Like that's how every horror movie starts. Well, in, in her defense, it's a crying animal noises. It wasn't like a scary noise. Something sounded like it was injured and she was going to check it out. I probably wouldn't have walked out there by myself, but you nope. Know. <laughs> I'd be like, y'all, y'all heard that noise, right? Yeah. You want to go so investigate we're all, it? We're all going. We're all going. No, nah, not nobody's going. going. <laughs> <laughs> right. So she, so she goes out past the uh, boundary of the tribe and sees a one of those big ass water buffaloes, <laughs> uh, but it has this downed chopper, this down crash chopper yeah. on top of its head. And it's struggling, right? It's making that weird noise. It's trying to get help, um, but it can't lift it itself. So Weaver's character, she goes towards it. And uh, you guys have seen Brie Larson. She is Captain Marvel, but she doesn't have these powers in this movie, okay? <laughs> and and tries to lift the chopper herself, right? It's I see what she was trying to do. It was, it was sweethearted. It was a cute oh, yeah. moment, but... She's not moving that damn chopper by herself. Um, so she kind of gives up, takes a break for a second. And as she's about to start pushing it to lift it again, the whole chopper just gets raised. And we see that it's Kong and her and Kong are face to face right now. He's holding mm-hmm. the chopper in one hand, looking at her. Uh, the big ass water buffalo creature gets up and just kind of walks away. It's another creature who just gets up and walks away, man. That's yeah. what they do in this movie. So her and Kong just kind of have a stare off and she looks yeah. frightened and Kong is like, what's up? Yeah. He literally is just standing there. He throws yeah. the chopper down, turns so around. You see them biceps? Did you see them? <laughs> <laughs> just pick that helicopter up like it was nothing. <laughs> Yo, he did. Yo, you're right. You're right. He did kind of flex there a little bit, right? I think his uh, pecs jumped a little bit there. Right? <laughs> he, was, yeah. he was he was showing off a little bit, right? <laughs> but she's like frightened out of her mind, and Kong's just like, "All right, well, catch you later," and walks away. Yeah. I put in my notes too. I said she tried to Captain Marvel it off of the wildebeest. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> So back to uh, Packard's group now. They're kind of walking through the field, and they spot this gigantic bloody handprint on the side of uh, one of the rock formations. Packard yells out, look at that. It bleeds. He's still trying to get to the munitions where Chapman's at, and he wants to finish the job because he knows he can. Which this jumps over to Chapman and tries his radio to get a hold of somebody 
and he can't. There's a lot of static. Uh, he puts his knife into this, what he thinks is this huge log, this tree log that he s- sits on as well. Uh, and he's attacked by this. It gets up, and it's actually this big-ass log monster. <laughs> and he starts shooting at it. It just kind of looks at him for a second and is like, yeah. okay. And like every other damn monster in this movie just walks away. Like, yeah. I'm just a recurring thing. <laughs> Just goes okay, uh, but then the scene ends. Chapman then turns around after that monster walks away, and he's attacked and killed by a skull crawler. Real fast scene. Mm-hmm. Flashing back over to Marlowe. He's in his room, I guess you'd call it. Uh, he's working on trimming his beard down, and uh, he's talking to one of the soldiers and uh, Neves as well. You can see he's got all kinds of marked up uh, stuff on the wall, counting how long he's been on the island. Yeah. Some some paintings and stuff he did in there of Kong and some of the other creatures. And he's basically kind of being real crazy in this scene. Like He's like, I don't know if I want to see who's under this beard. <laughs> and then he's talking to Neves, and he's like, by the end of the night, I'm going to stab you, right? <laughs> he's being crazy and then we f- jump back over to uh packard's team and Rana and packard talk and that packard will kill kong as he sees him as an enemy um yeah. so you know just more exposition in the packard's psyche mindset where there's a lot of guys after they leave war they still have the mindset that they're still in war right it's, it's ptsd it's uh the, these flashbacks to it right anytime a car backfires they think that's an explosion mm-hmm. and so you kind of get in the mindset of packard really has not left vietnam uh physically he has mentally he has not and he is definitely after kong yeah he doesn't feel like he's really left anything behind as far as like a legacy or whatever kind of what it felt like at the beginning of the movie when he was looking at those medals and stuff he had yeah this moves to a quick shot of kong like relaxing looking at the beautiful night sky and that's kind of like how day one ends. Uh, the next day, Marlo uh, pays tribute to the enemy who became his brother, yeah. um, who's not who's now, you know, died from a skull crawler. And, you know, they vow and they work relentlessly to get the boat started. They do finally get it fired up and Marlo mm-hmm. says goodbyes to the tribe. And I love this line. You know, we got this tribe who's always in like this specific west island or whatever and says if you're ever in chicago look me up like (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, that's good and and uh conrad marlo and the rest of that team take off uh up north up the river conrad's team is moving and they get radio contact from packard's team uh they packard fires a flare so they know where the location and then uh as they're making their way towards Packard and his team to regroup. The field supervisor, Neves, uh, gets taken in the air by one of those big-ass bird creatures. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Who, this is... <laughs> everybody's, like, pointing their gun at these birds, but they don't yeah. want to shoot because they'll shoot Neves by accident. And then you just see Neves in this sun, like, up against the sun, and yeah. a bunch of these birds kind of get together and just rip his body apart. It was disgusting, guys. This part... <laughs> Not even gonna lie to you. This part was the disgusting. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're all like, "Are we not gonna address what just happened here?" Because comrades, like, all right, we got to get 
get moving. We got to keep moving. Did we not see my man just get shredded apart by some big ass pterodactyls or something? (laughs) That not happened. I didn't know we were in Jurassic Park now. Like, what the hell, guys? (laughs) So, uh, Comrades group uh, that's on the boat, they get to shore so they can meet up with Packard's group. Packard tells them, you know, we're not, I'm not leaving yet. I still got men out there. Marlo says, uh, you know, these skull things live west because that's where they need to go to get to Chapman and the, the, the munitions. At this point, they don't know Chapman's dead yet. Uh, Marlo tells them, you know, we have a saying here on the island. East is best. West is worse. <laughs> Then he says, you know, if we need to go southwest, we could probably figure something out. <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I love John C. Rowley's uh, yeah. delivery on those lines. It's fun, man. It's definitely yeah. fun. Packard and Concord, they actually agree they have 24 hours before Convoy leaves. Um, so, you know, let's go get Chapman. Yeah. Marlo tells the uh, the soldiers, he says, it's a good group of boys. You know, we're all going to die out here, but uh, it's a good group of boys to die with. <laughs> He shouldn't have come here. (laughs) So they continue uh, on foot to what appears to be like skeleton remains. Uh, Marlo states this is the remains of Kong's family. Uh, There's some exposition about do we go through this area? Do we not? It looks scary. Could be some skull uh, crawlers. Could be some other creatures. We don't really know. And Conrad actually speaks up and says, we can make it through. Let's let's do this. And they all start walking and Marlo goes, oh, I've only been here 28 years. What do I know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. You got you got this uh, you got this monster movie that is uh, wrapped into this Vietnam War movie. Uh, but you have John C. Riley who's delivering like just John C. Riley comedic yeah. bits that are definitely enjoyable. So yeah, they're walking through this big, you said this uh, area, kind of like a graveyard, big graveyard. Uh, there seems to be like some kind of gases and things, and there's a lot of ash stuff like that in the air. And Cole lights up a cigarette and he's smoking, and they're talking about uh, you know, you need to put that thing out. We need to get moving. So Cole throws his cigarette out into one of these, uh, I guess, methane fume uh, craters, and it's a humongous explosion. <laughs> yeah. And not, knocks him and one of the other guys down. And I assume they uh, got the attention of the creature because we start hearing some creatures screeching, and Marlo yells out to everybody to run. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so they're ducking, crawling, uh, hiding, trying to stay away from this cre- creature. We see... Conrad and Weaver kind of duck behind this remains and the monster, the skull crawl is right next to them, but they can't see them. And it starts throwing up. Mm-hmm. They don't really know what it's throwing up at first. And it's like hacking and coughing. And it finally throws up the remains, the skeleton. And we see the skull disgusting, by the way. And then we <laughs> see uh, the dog tags of Chapman, right? So yeah. uh, Conrad lays eyes on that, but doesn't really have time to explain that to everybody else. We just think that the thing goes away. So they're like, all right, let's regroup. Yeah, They start to re- regroup. Randa is out there taking pictures of the remains and everything. And <laughs> I love my man, John Goodman, but uh, he looks up. And that thing just yanks him, right? Yeah. His, <laughs> uh, his camera flash starts going crazy and attracts the, the creature. They ate him up. Yeah. It's like not funny, but it's funny at the same time because it's John Goodman. 
Yes. <laughs> so uh, Packard uh, yells out, set up the 50. Talking about the 50 cal uh, machine gun. And they're all real quiet. Everything's real quiet. And they can see the flash still going off. As the creature makes its uh, rounds around them, they can follow the flash and see where he's running to. Yeah. This goes on for a couple of seconds, and then we see Marlo pull out a sword, and he t- and he takes a stance with the sword, getting ready to start fighting. And the creature jumps out at him, and he sidesteps it and pulls a badass samurai move on it and cuts it. Yeah, all the way down the damn leg, man. That's mm-hmm. actually dope from John C. <laughs> man. I, I enjoyed that. You know, this thing starts attacking the group and kills a few men, easily takes out the 50 cal like it was nothing. Yeah. Like it was a damn Fisher Price toy or something. Uh. And then you got the bird creatures. They appear and they start attacking. And Conrad has this dope action scene, right? Mm-hmm. This is the uh, my favorite scene in this whole movie, Tom Hiddleston being a badass. Before we jump into the scene, man, Tom Hiddleston, more action movies or less action movies? What do you think he needs to do? I liked him in kind of this role where he uh, is kind of, you know, he's he's got some action going on, but he's also kind of a leader. Yeah. He's protecting some people and things like that. He's not just killing everything. Like like an Indiana Jones type. I, th- I kind right. of think he's doing something like that. Like an he could be Indiana Jones. Hey. That's his next role. Hey, that would be dope, man. I'm all about it, right? <laughs> I'm a Tom. I'm a Tom Hiddleston fan, but right. this, this scene is really cool, man. Where uh, one of the guys gets knocked over and releases some toxic gas that the soldiers had on them. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's gas explosion. Uh, there's fire going on, going on. There's these birds everywhere. Conrad picks up this gas mask, puts it on, gets the sword from Marlo, and just starts slashing these birds. Yeah. Man, this is a dope slow mo shot of him just doing work. Where mm-hmm. the, isn't the camera like from his viewpoint in the goggles? Uh, it's a little of both. It's yeah. like a side view of him cutting up birds, and then it does show like the inside of the mask, the way he's looking at. Yeah, man, that is that is fun. So Conrad gets to the soldier and he gets him out of the kind of harm's way of the creature at this point. And then we see the creature start chasing him. You know, it's still coming after him. And then when Weaver shows up in the scene and throws a lighter to one of the uh, gas craters and it blows up the creature, catches him on fire and he dies from that. Yeah. You know, they keep moving and... Marlo is telling Packard that they need to turn back. This is not good. Uh, Conrad tells Packard that Chapman is dead and shows the dog tag. Basically, Packard doesn't give a shit, right? Mm-mm. He's like, yeah, you know, still need to kill all these damn creatures. I'm going to kill Kong. Yeah. I'm going to kill these damn skull things. I don't give a damn. Yeah. Right. Um, they, so they, they killed actually, my men, so <laughs> I got to pay them back. Right. They decide to split up military to the crash site and Conrad's team. Uh, back to the boat. Packers team are then at Chapman's crash site. They get his son's note that he left behind Mm -hmm. uh, for Billy and start trying to gather all the supplies. Yeah, at this point, the soldiers aren't very happy about still going after Kong. They want to get out of there. They don't want to get home. And you can start seeing that on their faces and seeing that on their uh, body language that they're they're not down for this. Yeah. So the Conrad's team uh, is making their way back to the boat and they're trying to find water so they can find the boat. Uh, Conrad tells the team to wait as him and Weaver 
go to get higher ground so they can find the boat. This flashes back the Packers team and they gather the explosives, get Kong's attention. They start prepping napalm and other explosives. Mm-hmm. Um, they're doing everything in their power to kind of take him down. Flashing back to Conrad and Weaver, they reach a high cliff and find the river again. And they're met by Kong face to face with him um, really close. Uh, but Kong this time seems really relaxed and Weaver actually touches his face. That's gives him a little, little nose boop. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there's, there's always that, um, the, the young actress that's in the old school King Kong movies, right? Peter yeah. Jackson did it back in uh, the early two thousands, but obviously the older ones where he takes her to the top of the empire state building, there needed to be that, that, that female element in this movie for Kong to kind of connect. So yeah. instead of doing that, the rehashing of that, uh, they use, this young lady, right? They use uh, Weaver as kind of that emotional damsel uh, thing. Yeah. So you know he gets really up close with her, and actually she touches his face. So that was that was kind of a callback. It was a quick callback to those old school King Kong movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is quickly broken up because Kong hears uh, the explosions behind him and goes towards it. Yes, yeah, so they're setting off those bombs, and uh, Packard and Kong are uh, at this point they're fighting off. You know, basically their animal instincts. Kong's protecting his territory. Packard is getting revenge yeah. for his men. Uh, so uh, Conrad sends all the other uh, civilians back to the boat and him and Weaver head to save Kong. Marlo joins them as uh, well. Yeah. Yeah. He says not without me. <laughs> <laughs> so Kong charges uh, Packard and Packard is holding this torch on the, the edge of the water. And when Kong gets to a certain spot, he throws the torch in the water to set off the mm-hmm. napalm. So everything kind of calms down for a second. Uh, you don't really know how Kong made it out of this. And then Kong comes out and he's slinging, you know, this uh, napalm on the soldiers. He's just, you know, taking these guys out because they're trying to harm him. Then he kind of wears himself out. He's burned up and everything, and he falls over onto the shore. Yeah, so then we got Conrad, Weaver, um, and Marlowe. They're running toward the scene. Uh, they get there just before Packer's men set off the charges to kill Kong. Conrad is like, you know, we got to stop this. This is not the right way to do. Kong's just protecting the island and all that <laughs> stuff. And, and Weaver goes, stop it, uh, and says, the world is bigger <laughs> And Packer goes, yeah, bitch, please, and orders his men to take to take them out, right? Like, like, like that was but perfect. Like you, but like, you usually <laughs> see, like, you usually get like some some big emotional like speech yeah. about why we can't kill Kong or why we can't do what you're about to do, right? And she starts it, and Packer's like, nope, don't want to hear this shit. This big ass monkey's yeah. going down, <laughs> and then uh, Packard orders uh Silvco to do something and uh Marlo's trying to talk to him so you don't have to do this so you know it's not the right thing to do. The soldier Silvco who's been with you know Conrad and Weaver since before they all met back up turns on Packard. He points his gun to him and basically yeah. tells him put it down, the detonator. So since Kong is down, apparently the King Skull Crusher feels it. Uh, the disruption in the force, if you will. <laughs> I like it. I like it. And uh, he comes up from the river, uh, comes out the water, and he's humongous. Marlowe's says, oh, yep, that's the big one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Packard looks at Kong, and Kong opens his eyes. Packard's getting ready to hit the detonator, and he starts to say, 
die, you mother, and then Kong smashes him uh, <laughs> right there on the shoreline. He's just a little balled up fist right on top of him. Right. Uh, and then Kong starts to fight the monster, but he's pretty hurt from the napalm and gets taken down yeah, pretty quick. Yeah, so the team, the team all split up. All the military guys, Conrad, Marlo, Weaver, they're taken off, and... Weaver, it's interesting. Weaver's trying to get the big, you know, is filming the fight between Kong and the big one. And yeah. as Kong goes down, Conrad picks her up, is like, Kong's down, we gotta go, right? Like, stop watching this shit. Yeah. <laughs> right? So the yeah. team is trying to head back to the river for safety. Most of the military guys are are dead at this point in time, but they are taken yeah. off and running. So back at the boat, Sin tells Brooks, you know, uh, it's dawn. That's that's what Tom Codred told him to to leave, whether they were there or not. Uh, she says, "What are we going to do?" And then once they're discussing that, Conrad had sent uh, Weaver to send out a flare for him so they could yeah. see where they were at. The remaining soldiers and civilians they're all running uh, running for safety uh, because this King Skullcrusher is still coming after them. They're kind of in this swamp swampway in between some cliffs and all that. Cole stops and he uh, just looking around. He says, "You guys go, go live your lives." And he pops some pins from a couple of grenades he has on him. And he's standing there waiting for the skull crusher to come eat him so he can blow him up. <laughs> and he just tail whips him up against a uh, a cliff. And when he hits the side of the cliff, the grenades go off and he blows up and is all that for nothing. Yeah, man. We couldn't end the movie with with, with Cole saving the day, man. Come on. Yeah. This is, right. not, this is not Cole Skull Island. Like, we're not watching that. <laughs> But like one thing about Cole though, throughout this uh, whole movie, he's played by Shea Wiggum, who's a great actor. Um, you can tell that yeah. he's just tired this entire time. He's an order taker, and he follows orders and he follows them to the T. But you can just tell on his face, there's no excitement. He's not having a good time, even before they left. He is ready to go home, and just tries to sacrifice himself. I think he's been in it for a while, yeah, as well. So he knows, you know, there's. Good things that happen. There's bad things that happen, and he's uh, kind of prepared for for whatever. But I don't think he, like you said, you can't get away from some of the guys can't get away from the war. And I think he was just like, yeah, we're done here. You guys go go have go live the rest of your lives, yeah. you young guys. <laughs> Crazy, but yeah, he got the shit smacked out. <laughs> Weaver is uh, trying to get the higher ground to fire a flare, and while they're running towards the boat, Kong actually appears and starts fighting uh, the big one, this big giant lizard. This is a dope fight. Uh, Kong is definitely giving this lizard the business, right? Giving him the hands. Yeah, he came off the top rope too. <laughs> the beginning. He did. He did. Rock to the head. Yeah. You know, so th- and they're fighting, and they're. They're grappling and throwing each other, and they actually separate. Kong picks up this big... Kong likes big-ass trees. Yeah. And it's cool. He takes this tree, rips off all the limbs of it, and uses it as this big-ass crowbar baseball bat thing to the dome (laughs) of this this lizard, right? But this lizard is strong as hell, so Mm -hmm. it's a real cool cool fight, man. And it kind of... the, The first interaction fight ends... With Kong being stuck on this like rusted boat between these chains and everything. Yeah. And the lizard is trying to go towards Kong to finish him off. And Brooke starts firing a 50 cal from the boat. Great Fox came in to save the day. Great Fox. (laughs) (laughs) 
so yeah, Brooks is uh, laying in with those guns, and then the guns jam. Skullcrusher's now running at the boat. We see Kong starting to break free of the chains, and he notices that one of the chains is attached to the boat anchor. Oh, yeah. At this same time, uh, we see Weaver shoots a flare at the side of the Skullcrusher's head uh, to slow him down from getting to the boat. The gun's backfire. Marlo's got it unjammed. Conrad's takes off running, trying to lure the thing away from the boat. A lot of stuff going on right now. Yeah. <laughs> And then as the uh, the Skull Crusher's heading towards the boat and towards Conrad, Kong Ninja stars his head with the boat anchor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, not his head. He hits him in the side of the body. Excuse me. Yeah. Kong starts giving the lizard the business with this anchor um, and this chain. Kong flings the lizard into the rock. Uh, that Weaver is on, and she falls into the water. Kong and the lizard continue to fight as Weaver is knocked out in the water, and Kong actually knocks out this lizard, um, which he thinks that he's won this fight, and then scoops up Weaver in his hand. And now with Weaver in his hand, the lizard comes back too, and they start fighting again. And you know he's trying to protect Weaver in the palm of his hand, but still mm-hmm. punch and, and fight uh, this lizard. And the lizard actually takes its tongue and wraps it around Kong's forearm. Mm-hmm. And Kong is like, I'm tired of this damn fight, man. I'm I got I got a whole octopus to eat to eat tonight, bro. <laughs> Rips the uh the whole damn tongue and brains and everything out of this lizard monster, killing it. Kong sets Weaver down and gently, and then Conrad is there to ensure that, that she wakes up. And they watch as Kong walks away as the victor. So at this point, we got three soldiers still alive. Marlo, Conrad, Weaver, uh, Sin, the biologist, Brooks. And they're now on the boat heading to the extraction point. Yeah. Conrad starts talking to them about, you know, this is going to get out, you know, about the island, Kong, the monsters. He says, it always does. So they're, they're uh, sailing or they're on the boat heading towards the sun. You see a big sunset, and we see the, the heli team coming in uh, from the uh, silhouette of them. And then we pan back, and Kong is standing there watching them. And he starts pounding his chest, you know, letting them know he's he's what's up. He's the man. He's the protector of the don't, don't mess with his island. Yeah, That's right. That's right. <laughs> And this is actually a really cool scene here. Uh, you got this video of Marlo back in Chicago, and he returns to his home, uh, meets his son, embraces his wife. Uh, and then a few moments later, he's on the couch watching a baseball game, eating a hot dog, and drinking a beer. Exactly what he's been wanting to do for the last 28 years of his life while he's on that island. There's also a flash of uh, a box in the sword yeah. uh, from, from uh, Gunpei that he brought home. Definitely got him off the island as well, like he promised. And the credits start rolling, but we're not at the end, though, though, guys. We have have an end credit scene here. This is a movie in the pod first, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Uh, We're reviewing and talking about a movie that has an end credit scene. Got to go through the entire credits. So you want to fast forward, you're more than welcome to. But the credit scene is actually really cool, the, the layout and everything. Um, but we get to the end credit scene, and Conrad and Weaver is at this facility, and they're being interrogated. Um, they're saying, I don't know about though, I don't know about any kind of island. And Weaver's like, oh, I'm yeah. going to tell you all about the island, right? So, this, <laughs> <laughs> so you know, they're going back and forth, and eventually Brooks walks in, and Conrad's like, what the hell is going on here? And Brooks is explaining that there's a bunch of monsters out there. And then they show pictures of all these other monsters, including Godzilla and all these others. And then after that, we hear the famous Godzilla yell and fade to black. Mm. And ladies and gentlemen, like 
me and my co-host do. That is Kong Skull Island. Yes, sir. Javi, go ahead and break it down, man. What did you think about this movie? I really liked it. Uh, I know we talked a little bit before about it being kind of fun, a little bit different from like the Godzilla movies and all that. A little bit more comic relief, especially from John C. Riley. And we're not based in the city. We're based on an island where they could do whatever they wanted to, and they did. Yeah. You know, giant creatures, things wanting to kill you, big bugs, crazy stuff like that. I really enjoyed it. Good deal. Good deal, man. How many buckets of popcorn do you give it? I'm going to give it four out of five. Gotcha. Gotcha, man. What about you? This movie's cool, man. It's I went to the theater by myself to go see this movie one nice. one Saturday morning. And just because I'm just a movie fan, sat down. No expectations, right? I just wanted to go yeah. in and see what this was about. I actually thoroughly enjoyed the King Kong movie that Peter Jackson did with Jack Black in the early 2000s. I thoroughly enjoyed that. So like, if King Kong is on the screen, I'm in the theater. This movie gets a four out of five for me, man. It brings the action. It brings the fun, but it's more it's more about the the dynamic of the characters than anything, right? Mm-hmm. It, like like I said earlier, you have this monster movie, but it's more of a Vietnam movie and it's an adventure movie at the same exact mm-hmm. time. And uh, Tom Hiddleston and Brie Larson, that's a cool dynamic, and I would just, I want to see them do more movies together. That was fun. All right, guys. Well, we appreciate you uh, taking the time to listen to us here. Next week on the pod, we discuss. Tom and Jerry that drops on HBO Max and theaters everywhere. Once again, I am Clyde Smith. You can find me on Twitter as I am Clyde D. Smith. I'm Javier Villalobos. You can find me on Twitter at MrJ8200. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.